Hello and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me are Ram and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, hey, Steph. Steph. Yeah, there's a pip in our voices, right? It's a new season, new manager, new creative midfielder, new defenders, new keeper, and storming new away shirt, which none of you will be surprised to know is on its way to me. Um, it's all about the new and the path ahead, isn't it? Uh, and yes, optimism reigns supreme here. Yes, it's all positives today and from this point on. Uh, look, it... <laughs> It started at Brentford in the 2pm match. I mean, that's that's why I'm saying all this. We arrived at an exciting 2-2 draw. There are plenty of talking points. So without further ado, without our good old friend ado, getting on without him, let's get on the front foot and get right into it, shall we? I mean, if ever there was a moment, uh, Milo, for your lead question, which is always the lead question every pod, <sighs> to really, for us to dive into it, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, Milo puts in the notes. This this is a consistent anchor of the pod, and it's a really good one. And under the last couple of managers, it's just been like, oh, God. But what did you think of the team selection? Crikey. There's a lot to break apart there. So, chaps, kick it off. Should I kick off? So, it's, I mean, yeah. it's pretty bold in the... Well, don't kick off. I don't want to fight. Just talk about the <laughs> team selection. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty bold. So, four Premier League debutants for us. I th- and I, th- I think actually we've got a question later on about how they how they did, but you know in terms of kind of formation, it's you know exactly the same as we've seen all all the preseason. Uh, you know four three three, which becomes a two three five in attack and a four four you know a four four two in defence. And you know the players again, as we've been saying over the last few weeks, seem to have adapted quite quickly to the um, to the formation and the tactics. And you know, particularly considering you know we lost a couple of competitive games from preseason, I think from that point of view. We're, you know, it's pretty impressive where we are in, you know, in terms of our development. And you know, the opposition today were a real test for us because you know they're a team that play on the break. They sit back in numbers. They attack. They attack. You know, quick. You know, fast on the break. They're not scared of a long ball in behind and chase. You know, chase onto. They've got a fast. You know, front line. And all of those are things that are going to you know cause problems for us because we you know we push very very high up and you know kind of record you know requires us to you know you know to chase back and defend you know chasing back and and that's been a you know struggle for us in pre-season that's the bit that we've been struggling to adapt to so they were a real test for us you know that Brentford are a decent side they beat City twice last season who are you know team stylistically who aren't dissimilar to what Andrew's trying to do with us so it was a really good test for us a tough tough opening fixture which I think probably a lot of people will take lightly because it's little old bright uh, uh, Brentford, but no, they're a good team. It's a good test, and, and um, it's a good, good, good game to measure us by. Yeah, I think so. I thought the team selection, I thought was, you know, as we mentioned, it was four league debuts, which is uh, pretty bold, um, considering what you know we're, we're considering what we are used to actually, in, you know, from the last few years. But I thought we looked like a nicely balanced team on paper. So when I saw the team, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. I thought that you know there was players that we've got on the bench that uh, could have um, staked claim to start as well, which uh, which is a beautiful thing because uh, how many, you know, how, how how long has it been since we've been able to say, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we've got Got, we've got really good options on the bench um and yeah you know kind of as, as Milo said I thought I felt really positive overall about our play I thought you know we did weather an early storm which I think you know that was clever by Brentford just come at us right from the start you know new manager debut debutants in the team but generally we were in control um and I think some of the defensive frailties we had were expected um, it didn't help that Romero, you know, going off early, um, kind of, kind of, you know, made us have to forced us into a change. But you know, I thought our midfield was very strong. 
really strong and, I, and I'm hoping we'll wax lyrical about um, Basuma in particular as we discuss further because I just thought he was an absolute mm. beast today. Um, our front three I thought were probably our weakest link today and when I say weakest link I'm not saying they played badly I'm just saying that they, they were our weakest link. I, yeah, I agree with you. I thought the team selection was bold. I was actually, I was quite surprised to see Van der Ven thrown into the mix because he's only had two training sessions. Um, and I, I have to say, I was, I was really impressed with, with mm. as, you, with, as you both said, the balance, um, and 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 the shape and and just the intent, the intent mm. of the side. You know, I think we have more possession today than we had in the last month of yeah. the last season. Seventy percent. When mean, was the last time we had seventy percent possession? Yeah. And, and and watching these players, um, you know, in the course of the game, you know, wanting the ball, enjoying having the ball, constantly trying to make things happen, constantly mm. ticking and churning and ticking and churning. And look, I mean, the defending is going to be a little keystone cops for a while uh, because that's the nature of the system we have, the reductive nature of what we've had to put up with for years prior and players readjusting. Uh, but once they click in, I think it's going to be a really, really solid unit. I mean, I, I really, well, solid may not be, but we, we will, we will be fine is my mm. point. At this yeah. point, we know where the problems are. It's very easy to, to, to work on that and clean them. So I, mean, I was, I was impressed. I don't think there were too many Keystone Cock moments today. And I think, you know, in terms of kind of players readjusting, I mean, you know, three of that back five are, are brand new. So there's probably not, you know, hopefully there's not too much of that. So, you know, I think. I should clarify readjustment just before you carry on. When I say readjustment, I sort of was referring to, you know, players who have been at the club for a few seasons readjusting to the fact that the manager wants them to have the ball and, <laughs> and, and play with it as opposed to play more without it. So that's kind of what I meant. But you're right with regards to the three. Yeah, I, I, it's brand new. Well, I mean, it's defence full stop. You know, there's enough new people in there that hopefully that would you know force the change anyway. Um, but, you know, it's, it's certainly going to be something to watch over the next few weeks, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's you know the system we play. It's it's going to make things interesting because Brentford definitely had a plan. They definitely knew that you know we're we're pretty narrow when we're forward. The way those fullbacks play, there are going to be spaces right in behind, and so if you hit those areas, it's you know we're going to have trouble. I mean, I think I think teams will do that to us. We'll adjust. I mean, but I mean, Brentford do that every week. That's their tactic. They're a long ball yeah. team. You know, they're a play team that play on the break. I mean, I think and I think we also probably need to bear that in mind when we talk about possession stats today. I mean, we will have a lot of the ball this season, but Brentford didn't want the ball. You know, they 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 had eight, seven, eight men back and were looking to the break. The so yeah, 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 yeah. But I think in general, we would agree that you know this is a side that is being. I mean, we all know this. I mean, I yeah. think we're just referring generally. It was a pleasure to see us want the ball. Yeah, we wouldn't have had seventy percent possession last season against no, no, the no. Brentford team. You know, <laughs> and I think, and I think. I didn't want to tempt fate in our chat earlier, but about 15, 20 minutes in, I did actually want to text in and say, lads, I think we're going to be okay. No, I think <laughs> so I was as like, well. Yeah, and you know, I thought we it, were, re- yeah. But to posit your that your uh, previous point, posit is a word I've started to use a lot recently. I quite like it. I don't know, is it a poncy word, posit, or is it an accurate one? I'd like to posit this point. I posit a point to you, sir. I posit, I posit this point to both of you <laughs> off the back of the point that you posited, uh, which was you were talking about the front three, and I think it's very important. Important. I think it's a good place to go before we get into the, the debuts. Um, I agree. I thought they had the, the toughest time. How much of that is due to the fact that everyone is so used to us, <laughs> our, our front line uh, being serviced and, and, and indeed uh, in, indulged by uh, shall, well, another player? I mean, let's not duck it. Yeah. I mean, by, yeah, by Kate. Yeah. How much of that is just adjustment uh, versus playing against a team that have two lines really, really deep? 
and challenge you to pick the lock, which, I mean, it made me think of a lot of the Pochettino games in, you know, around 2017, 2018, where we'd come across these teams that just line up like that. And we just have to kind of find a way through. And I don't remember any of the forwards doing particularly well in those games. So was it because of that or was it because of getting used to stuff? Well, I think it could be that if you look at the other areas of the pitch, we had we had new players and debutants, or we had a player like Basuma who didn't feature much last season. Whereas the front three uh, that were playing today were have been kind of featured in the last few seasons for us, you know, or, or Richardson at least last season. So it could just be that there, you know, there there was less, should I say, new energy in in that part of the pitch where they you know where they maybe were they kind of they they are still more used to what we were serving up before whereas you know behind them was all this new energy that was coming in that was fully sort of you know uh fully sold in on on and not not that they're not um but i think yeah you know they're, they're kind of more senior players up up the front there and uh and they might have just struggled a bit, but I take your point, Steph. I think I think there there probably was a uh, a part of them which is you know we had a very very important talismanic player up front for us, um, which which we don't have anymore, and that will have an effect. Yeah, I mean I think there's two reasons. I think one's down to Brentford, one's down to us or the selection. Um, and Brentford denied us any space. They their def- their midfield sat very tight on the defence, so there wasn't really the pockets for their number eights to operate in. Um, and you know, Richarlison didn't have a lot of space to operate in at all. Um, and then the other one is, you know, the point I've made a couple of times in that our wide players want to cut inside and there was the lack of the, you, there wasn't really much of us getting in behind them, the wide players, Son and Decky getting in behind them and playing balls, uh, um, you know, behind the, de- uh, behind the defense. And I think that's going to cause us problems until we find a solution to that because it makes it easy to defend against if you always know where they're going to go and we're not stretching teams. So, you know, I think I think that's there is an issue around the wide players not suiting the system. And I think that's also something that's going to be very important for whoever is our number nine. And I think it's something that the previous uh, number nine, who obviously wore number 10, was was so good at doing is that he was good at dropping it, dropping off and like getting, you know, helping to open space up. Whereas I think we're still getting used to players that maybe don't have the, quite the sharp, the sharpness of movement or the, the you know, that, that I mean, his, his movement was exceptional. And I, I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to pay for that for a little while until I mean, they I find their own way. I mean, I really don't think that would have helped uh, today because then you lose the focal point and that's, you know, what I, I, would, I, I, so, I, so I think, you know, obviously, yeah, he's great on the ball. He can, you know, but if we look at, kind of issues in that performance. I think probably the main difference is, is that, you know, there was a snapshot that Richarlison had that probably, you know, Kane's better at those than, than Richarlison and stuff like that. You know, if you're going to pick one of the two to take one shot, then, you know, it's obvious who you're going to pick. I, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not turning into a discussion of who would have been better than him. I'm just saying, I think, I actually thought he did pretty well today. And I think that I he's well. going to be the one that everyone I points do. the finger at. But yeah. actually, I was more disappointed uh, in, in the way that Sonny, and especially mm. in the first half, Decky played. Second half, I thought he was much better. Um, and, and Sonny came into a bit more in the second half too. But I think, yeah, there's just, I, I think, I think it's, the toughest for them because they are used yeah. to a certain click and rhythm and they've got to find it. And, and, and more than ever, your forwards need to find that rhythm. And so, you know, um, and but, I thought Richarlison was getting into positions despite the tight marking, which was encouraging. But you've also got to bear in mind that the role he's being asked to play is a, almost a sacrificial role for the team. Yes, you know, the strike, I've forgotten the name of the striker Celtic that um, Ange had last year. 
he touched the, had very few touches of the ball. I think the, the least across the, the Scottish Premier League last season. But he was effect, it was effective for the team. And I think this is one of the things we're going to, I think as fans, we're going to struggle to readjust mm. with because Richarlison isn't being asked to be involved in everything. He's being asked to, you know, create space and, and you know, and for, right. you know, force a, a team back. So, you know, it, it's, it's a selfless role. And, I, you know, I, th- I think I think I agree with you. I think he did all right. I think he did okay. Yeah. I think I, I think the, I think probably the the issue we've got is, and you know we'll go on and talk about the transfer window later on. Um, you know what, and you know I think Ram, you're right when you talked about the bench being stronger, but we were short of an option to replace Richarlison, and I think you know mm. there are there's still a bit of you know balancing to do on the squad that that would give us more options and 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 help us. Mm. Yeah, and I, again, it is. I, I agree. I mean, look, I think we're all in agreement that Richarlison uh, actually uh, was was fine. He is going to suffer for a fair few games with a direct comparison to a player that of is course. incomparable. I mean, his player, the player he's, yeah. he's in replacing is essentially incomparable and, and irreplaceable. So yeah. it, it, before it's, it's a doomed comparison to start with and, and somewhat of an ignorant one, actually. But I am interested to see how, how Sonny and, 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 and Decky get used to this new this new way of, of doing it. It is new yeah. for them. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. Let, let, let's let's go to these de- debutants. Um, yeah, Van de Ven, U- Udogi, uh, Madison and Vicario. Um, I, I think it's pretty straightforward, chaps. <laughs> go through your thoughts. I thought they yeah. all did really well. I thought um, Van de Ven, you know, obviously deflected their second goal in, which, you know, isn't ideal. But otherwise than that, I thought it looked very composed considering, you know, how little time he's had in training and then, you know, 13 minutes in, had a change of partner. Presumably he hasn't had any time or very little time on the training ground with Sanchez alongside him. Um, you know, I thought he was, you know, some, maybe some nervy moments early on, but he grew into the game and grew in confidence. He went on. Um, and, you know, if, if you'd shown me that blind from, I don't know, half an hour into the game onwards and told me that he'd been in the Premier League for five years, I probably yeah. would have believed you. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Um, go on, go on, Ram. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. I was saying, you know, I wrote in my notes, he just looked really comfortable um, already, despite it being his league debut. Um, I was really impressed with him. I thought, I think his movement and his pace is going to be so valuable to the system. Um, and he really did slot in nicely. He was very, he was very um, commanding. He was very communicative. Um, and uh, yeah, I t- I'm in total agreement. High ceiling. You can see it. If he can come into the premiership yeah. like that after two training sessions, and as you quite rightly pointed out, Milo, then end up with a new centre-back partner that mm. he's probably done barely done a few rondos with <laughs> before and, and, and have a relatively flawless game. I, I mean, the, the own goal was unfortunate. I, the deflection, yeah. I can't. But, you know, I agree. High ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I think um you know he was he was very chatty. So I think noticed when we had set pieces going forwards, he was always talking to Sanchez and the other players about what was going on. Mm. Um yeah, I, you know, I think there's a couple of times we really saw him you know, saw the pace there. He, he's not doing that every oh, yeah. time, is he? It's just like sometimes you can just see, right, I need this here and there's just mm. an, another gear. And you know, his normal pace is quite fast. He's just got that extra gear that I don't think anyone else on this team's got to to that degree. And and we saw it in the other direction as well. There's a couple of times where there wasn't an option on. He decided to carry the ball upfield mm-hmm. and, again, could just get past people. And I think as that, you know, hopefully Romero's back and able to play next weekend, they can build that understanding, build that partnership, because I think it's very exciting. It, you know, it's it looks like the most natural partnership we've had since Wotobi and Yan, really. Mm. And, yeah, a nice blend. Should yeah. we move on to a doggy? I thought, okay. You should, a do- yes, yeah. Let's a doggy do it was like a- this. Yeah, a, a, doggy was, a doggy was excellent. It's everything that we've come to expect from him. Yeah. Again, looks like he's been playing in the league for years and, um, you know, put a bloody bargain. 
Um, yeah. You know, wow. you know, already yes. looks like one of the best players in the team. Yeah, he's he's not afraid to get stuck in, but he's got a bit of uh, silk to him as well. So it's you know, so he's got a really nice combination of that, and um, he look, again, another one who looks born for the system. There was that yeah. bit. There was that bit where he held off. I can't remember who who he held off now, but you know, back to the end up winning the the free kick and just out mm. just outside you know, our own area. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he's not going to struggle with the physical side of the Premier League is he at all. No, he had a couple of moments where he was rolled, where he was rolled, but he learns very quickly. I know it's that about him; he learns very quickly, and he's extremely sharp. And you can just see he's already what I'm impressed with 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 these new signings is they're all characters, and they are all they mm. all have a. None of them are. Sh- none of them are. Yeah, I mean, no professional football is passive. But you know, as you said, you know, talking. I mean, he's just he's got he's got presence. He's got such presence. How yeah. long since we've had presence like that at left back? I mean, left back, left forward, whatever he is, he's pretty, he plays pretty well. It's pretty clear that one of the criteria we're looking for when we're scouting players is physicality. Yes, but, you know, you, you know, yeah. look at your doggy. You look at. You know, if you take the players who've come in over the last couple of seasons, or you know, since Paratici came in, you know, you know, obviously Basuma, who we will go and talk and talk to, is you know just a real handful, and you know, get stuck in physical. You know, Udogi, uh, Van der Ven, um, yeah. you know, right the way through. If you look at those signings coming in, the players we're identifying, they're all strong, they're all physical, um, they can all do the the nasty stuff as well as the nice stuff. Yeah, even Solomon's capable of that. You know, he's no pushover. So. Yeah. Should we move into matters? Again, great. Just looks like a Spurs player, doesn't he? And the the least punchable face in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I just, I don't know. I just looked at him, and it's very hard to. It was hard for me today to remember a time when he wasn't in this side. It felt mm. like that. How strange is that? Um, and again, this is strange to say. It seems like he's got a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's twenty six and playing pretty far up in his game, but I think there's much more to come, and mm. it feels like. We're going to get him in his peak years yeah. and already a, a very, very capable vice captain as well. I noticed he's doing, he did some social media after the game, which was yeah. quite similar in format to what Harry was doing. Um, and the way he's talking about the club and things. And uh, yeah, I was, I was really, he's, really impressed. You, Wonderful. You can tell he's really sold on Ange and on and the club. Yeah, and, and he's a lot you know, picker. Yeah, he put he in picked, a cup. Yeah. Oh, he put he, put he picked the lock a few times today, and there are a couple yeah. more where you're like, "Ha!" Huh, when they've played a few more games together, those passes are going to be on point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he was involved in everything positive we created, and he Superb really owned his space. And I thought, you know, the early booking worried me a bit, but he dealt with that very well, oh. you know. And and he was still strong. And uh, I think he might end up being our most important signing, actually. And and he has been uh, wow. one of you know probably one of our most important signings for a number of years. And I'm I'm going to call it now. He's going to be a starter for England. Yeah, it's looking that way. I like that. From most punchable face to man you want to hug the most. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think on the kind of social media, Jesus, I mean, that's been evident ever, ever since he came in. He was doing probably the most yeah. of anyone in uh, on yeah. the tour. Um, you know, he's bright, he's eloquent, he comes across well. Um, you know, they're going to use him. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a little uh, sort of sizzle reel that's sitting on the floor somewhere of all the times that me and you ran, we're slagging him off. It's got <laughs> yeah. to be there somewhere. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. That <laughs> yeah. was something we weren't going to tell my yeah. about. <laughs> well, as I love to say, the first time I roll it out this season, nothing makes a hypocrite out of us like football. Yeah. And I am happy to be a hypocrite when it comes to James Madison because that was one <laughs> hell of a debut. And by the yeah. way, what a free kick. Mm. Yeah. What okay. a free kick. And finally, Vicario. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, th- I think again, I think he had a little bit of a nervy start. I thought he grew into the game. I don't think he was to blame for either goal. Um, and I thought, again, you know, apart from very early on, I thought his use of the ball was pretty good. He was always available for for the defenders to pass back to him. Um, I think you've got to give him a, a bit of a pass because he hasn't played in front of, you know, behind a settled defence all the way through. And again, you know, one of you know the most. Um, you know, probably our best, yeah, you know, best defender came off after 13 minutes, and um, yeah, you know, I, I thought he he looked good, and I think you know made a couple of good saves, um, and you know can do it was just better than the two we had last year. Mm. You know, he's not uh, you know not one of the best keepers in the league, or certainly not yet, but he's an improvement on what we had last year, and yeah, you know, it suits the system. So, yeah. you know, I think we've got to give him time to settle and get used to the league and get used to the players he's playing with. But I thought it was pretty promising. I thought it was good. He did all the, all, you know, all the stuff we need him to do well. He had, um, he definitely had like that debut nervous energy that spilt over at times. And mm-hmm. I, I think I even said in the chat, I think that there's a, that I felt a touch of like banteritis at times, but not. I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean that you as make in like it sound like you actually make it sound like a viral. Yeah, <laughs> or actually a, a skin few, infection. There, it makes it sound like a, a skin <laughs> infection. Can I tell you? Yeah, <laughs> like there was make it sound like Mercer or something like that. Oh, was a, I thought. I think there might be a few banter moments during the season, but I oh. think the overriding thing is that he had a really good debut. I thought when he came out. You know, that was mm-hmm. the thing when he came out. Obviously, I'd, you know, I've, I've had flashbacks of Hugo coming out and stuff like that. But he, he got to everything he needed to. He made some really good stops. Um, couldn't have done anything about either goal. Um, and he would have saved the second goal without a deflection anyway. Yeah. But yeah, he, I thought he was really solid. Yeah, I, I look, I, I freely admit that I, you know, I'm, I think you've both made excellent points. And I think that if I take my own insecurities about him, which are based, you know, on, on frivolous uh, observations, if I take them out of the equation and watch the player that played today, you'd have to say in context, new defence, I mean, a new defence for us and a new defence for the likes of Skippy and Bissouma, let alone mm. a new defence for him away from home in the Premier League, never played in the Premier League before, has to face a penalty early on. Um, mm. You know, I, I, generally speaking, I think you're both right. And I got think a yellow card. Got a yellow card, for, which oh, yeah. I, we'll, we'll oh. talk about all this in a minute. Uh, but mm. I, I have to say, I think you're both right. And if I'm uh, dialectic about it, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for much more. He's going to give us nervy moments, though. I, I do feel that. And but, but that's okay. That's, Maybe that's the that's system. Okay. That's how yeah. it is. And I'll accept that. Uh, I, again, let's look at the ceiling. Let's look at the projected ceiling for him, and let's let's yeah. let's watch him achieve it. Let's let's believe. Yeah. And I think we He's saw a good enough. Fit. We saw enough to believe, right? So yeah, I, I, you know. yeah. I think there's two points there. I think firstly, yeah, having a keeper who who comes that far out of their box and comes up and is involved in play. And, you know, that that is almost prioritized over some of the stuff that was a tradi- what you wanted in a traditional goalkeeper now. Yeah. So obviously that's going to put him in situations where there's going to be mm-hmm. you know, the odd mistake or, you know, teams are going to capitalize on that. And we'll see that with, you know, the best keepers right the way across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in order to allow us to play out from the back and build play from there is yeah, you know, considered to be an acceptable risk. And I think the other thing actually on him, I think he might just be one of those kind of twitchy players. I don't think it's yeah. always nerves. It might no, be one right. of those that actually looks like that because I think he's just a bit jittery in, in kind of in his yeah. movements. No, I, I, I buy he, that. Yeah. His facial expression, he sometimes looks like he looks bewildered and, <laughs> at and, times, but he's not. He's perfectly in control of himself. But, and I yeah. think the other thing is for us, you know, we talked about kind of up the top of the pitch. It's still a bit weird not seeing Hugo there because he's been there so yeah. long. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of hit me in pre-season. It was like, oh, he's not there anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's just getting used to, you know, a different person there, you know, where you've got new shoes on and they, they kind of still feel new for a little while afterwards. And you kind of, you're conscious of them. And then after a while, you're not conscious of them anymore. And maybe it's just yeah. that it's kind of, we're noticing all the differences because <laughs> there's so much stuff that's new and, and so many of the kind of the fixtures of this team just aren't there anymore. Yeah, I mean, by the way, talking about uh, new shoes, not only is he required to be a pair of boots, he's required to be a pair of sneakers, because as you said, he's coming out of the box. He is the first point of distribution. He's also essentially the third centre back uh, in many cases. And that is going to put you uh, just tactically alone in a more vulnerable position than any Mm. other goalkeeper we've Mm. seen for a long time at Tottenham. So I agree with both of you. Uh, In context, I think you have to give him uh, good marks and you have to, you know, he deserves our trust and faith that. Yeah. That is an absolute given. I posit to you, gentlemen, the performance of the referee today. Yeah. I, I think we have to discuss it. I felt that that first half was single-handedly one of the worst performances I have seen from a referee in a long time. Um, I thought the penalty was an absolute joke. I mean, as, as, which we can break down uh, if we need to, or we can just have our opinions and live with them. And I don't understand uh, how, what his uh, booking, uh, um, mm. what, is the, what was his definition Criteria. of booking? Yeah. Criteria, thank you. You pick up yeah. the big words I forget. <laughs> Uh, the the thing is, I, I think he got the um, he got the the penalty decision correct in real time, but yeah, you know, in real time he did. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. I think he did. You know, and but like, well, well I get that there was contact, but the, the the Brentford player there was there was contact that was unavoidable, and then his feet were planted on the ground. He had to make himself forward. <laughs> it wasn't like a natural like, oh, yes. I, I'm a I, I could get a penalty here because I'm, like I'm already falling in the magic roundabout. <laughs> It was like a boing. It's like, mate, you're planted. Boing. Yeah. It's the Zebedee move. I think it was a penalty. Yeah. As I live and breathe, I knew you'd say that. Why? Why is that a penalty? Explain it to me. Because he caught him. So I think you know it's never going to be given without VAR, but there's contact there. He, he catches him. And yeah, it's a penalty. It's... Okay, so I have to ask you this. Um, this is the beginning of a, of, a, of a long love affair we'll have for the season, obviously, with VAR, which I enjoy. I enjoy these VAR tussles. Okay, let me ask you, is every contact in the penalty box a penalty? And at what point does contact in the penalty box count, count for a penalty? How many seconds after that contact can you still go down and claim that contact caused you to go down? It's irrelevant whether he goes down or not. Sun, sun caught his ankle. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you kick someone's ankle, then yeah, of course it's a penalty. Um, did he kick his ankle? Though? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Not I think to my what, eyes. I, I think mm. no, he definitely caught him. But he didn't kick his ankle. You make it. I mean, let's for anyone who's not seen the game, you make it sound like he actively kicked his ankle. That's not what happened. Well, no, I encourage you all to go and look at what happened and make your own assumptions. So there's there's not a huge amount of force there. Of course, there's not, and it, it's not helped by the fact that um, Jensen uh, holds his other leg Is when it? he hits the ground. Um, yeah, but but that's all of that is irrelevant. Because he catches him. I'd agree that it's, without VAR, it's never given, you know, regardless, because the ref isn't going to catch that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, the way the Is game's it a clear played... clear and obvious error to you? That was a clear and obvious error? That's not the decision it's made under. What happened there was a conversation between the VAR ref and the, and the on-field ref. The on-field ref has told the VAR ref what he's seen, and the VAR ref has told him that that's not what, what happened. And that's why the ref's gone to the screen to look at it. So it's not that it's a clear and obvious error. When the ref has described what he saw and why he gave that decision, the VAR ref has told him that's not what not what happened, and he needs to go and have a look at it again. And that's why you know it was overturned. So it's not it's not one of those clear and obvious error issues. <laughs> I think the refs have come to the moment 
I think he if if he was because if if it wasn't clear and obvious to him, he would have said oh, thanks, Far, but no, but no we're but going that, to carry on. But no, but that's not what happens there. That's not the protocol. So th- what happens is the re- the ref on field ref describes what he's seen. The VAR ref tells him that's not what happened and suggests he looks at it again. So it's not for the on field ref at that point to say, oh no, I'm happy with it. I'll carry on. He has to look at it again. Ref? I can't remember. No, seeing no. No. Been around before? Okay, I couldn't remember before. On the other decisions, I think what we're seeing there's there's a there's a couple of kind of new directives that are coming this year. So like only there's, a, there's, a, there's some funny ones. So in in terms of the the um, technical area, only one of the coaching staffs allowed there in there at any one time. So you're not allowed to have loads of the coaching staff in there all kind of berating at the same time and stuff like that. And obviously we've got the new directive around added time which is why we saw 11 minutes at the end of the first half because they're trying to stop um you know time wasting and that having impacts on that and then also there's a directive around kind of mouthing off which is why uh madison got got the yellow i think some of these i mean probably probably not those first two but that kind of descent one i suspect we'll probably see quite a lot of cards given in the first month or so of the season and then it'll settle down and and um uh you know and, and it'll go back to how it was you know, or, you know, a happy medium later in the season. We always get these bits at the beginning of a season where there's a new directive and refs kind of over-interpret them a bit and it takes a while to settle down. And I think there was elements of that in the game today. I was kind of amazed in that second half where um, one of the Brentford players got, you know, I think it was their first yellow in the second half. You're kind of thinking, we weren't that much dirtier than them. And um, yeah, so that's that, that was my take on it. I thought there was an alarming uh, level of inconsistency despite the, uh, you know, despite the very well articulated uh, points that you made regarding the first half. There was an alarming lack of consistency uh, from the referee. And I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree on the uh, on, on, on the VAR. I, I thought it was a decision made from fear uh, and not made um, and, and not made from actually officiating the game that he saw. I think he was scared and he didn't want to get criticised uh, for precisely the sort of discussion we were having about it. Because let's face it, if he hadn't given it, it would have been discussions the other way. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's, let's hope there aren't too many more of, the, of these decisions. Um, uh, you know, we're going to look at the goals, are we not? We are indeed. I think we both, you know, we took both goals very well. And I think the Madison free kick was probably the best free kick we've taken since Ericsson was in the team. Uh, he really whipped it in and whipped it right into that kind of that that the um the 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 beauty area in the penalties you know the penalty area that area just in front of the goal uh and Romero's header was top draw you know it almost felt like it was slightly away from him and he kind of just angled himself yeah. and and brought it back into the goal really really good goal and um I mean you know there's 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 not much more I can say about Emerson Royale and how much you know how, how what I think of him as a player but uh yeah that was really Madison again with uh, was that was that an assist actually again for Madison or was it just yeah like it was yeah. yeah yeah you know and so it was really good work from him and then what I mean what a well taken goal you know he really nicely driven into that bottom bottom corner great justification for the tactic isn't it mm. just pushing him up and inside there i mean what a great justification for it he's there to yeah. he's there and he's he's an extra he's, he's an extra he's relishing person. it as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'll give the ref some credit there. I thought he actually did well to... I, I, I thought he played the advantage for what was a foul on Madison at that point. Mm. So I'm not sure if he did, but I'm, I'll try he did, to balance yeah. that. He did, yeah. Yeah, which was good work. Good work on his on his part. So one in the good books there for him. Well, we talked about the positives, uh, 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 goals. <laughs> um, if, if no one has anything more to add to, to, to what you've just said about those goals, Milo, do you want to take the negatives on uh, the, the, the goals we conceded? So, yeah, I mean, we've already talked about Kind of the first goal on the penalty. I don't think there's really much more to say on that. And the second one, um, I mean, Royal kind of had a hand in that. He was 
beaten for pace by Rico um, Henry, who who had him kind of you know, quite a few times. I think uh, I think Royal really struggled with him. Yeah, the the ball's cr- crossed in. Wissa um, has the shot, and yeah, it comes off VDV and uh, and pass Vicario. And you know, as Ram as you'd already said, you know, Vicario was going to get it if it if uh, didn't get the deflection. I mean, just just before you come in, Ram, I mean, one one question I have about this goal because I think it's a problem we're going to have to adjust to. It seems to me that because of the way we're playing and because of that system, Royale is slightly every, everyone's slightly yeah. higher and flatter than they would have been prior. Especially Royale, who is usually he sits slightly deeper in a defensive position, and it seemed like both the, the covering centre back and Royale both got caught out a little bit there. I don't, I can't blame Sanchez because he's come in. Again, he's come into a game that he wasn't ever really meant to be part of, and, and Emerson's learning a role. So it just seems like, you know, it felt to me that was why Royal kept on getting done, was because he's just got to learn how that position works. And this covering defender's going to have to learn as well. It's a learning curve. I don't think it's that with Royal. I think he's just done for pace. I think Rico Henry is just faster than him, and uh, and he couldn't keep up with him. Um, you know, he, I mean, Henry outmuscles him, doesn't he, outside the area. But, I mean, I thought. I thought Royal was, didn't have a very good game today. Um, I mean, he took his goal well, um, but I thought um, there's quite a few times where he had a sloppy first touch and it, it kind of caused problems for us in midfield. So it's kind of him as a midfielder and him involved in kind of bring, you know, attacking, I think, was a bit of a problem. And It's an adjustment know, for him. Well, I just don't think he's got the skill set for it. Um, yeah, there was one just before then, just after Sanchez came on, where Royal kind of lost possession through, you know, poor touch, lost possession, and Sanchez had to do a recovery tackle in, in the box in order to stop a, a chance. I just thought there was a few times where, you know, his passing was off, his first touch was off, and it slows down play. And I suspect over time, I, I suspect over time that he, he'll lose his place in the team because of it. Um, I, you know, I, I just think he's not going to be—he's not going to be able to develop that. And I think um, what we lose attacking with him in the side, I think, will probably be more important than you know his better wow. uh, him, him, his better defensive um, qualities than uh, than Poro. And I think like what what Ryle's best at defensively aren't as useful in a team with a high line and playing like this. He's you know so yeah, I suspect that. Yeah, over the next kind of six months, six weeks, he'll probably lose his place. Wow, I I I, I disagree, but but Ram, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that's what we said about him last season, and he proved himself. <clears throat> well, he so, did lose his place. <laughs> maybe he came back. He came back with a vengeance. So uh, so I, I I get I get I do get what you're saying, Milo, and I think what you said just then was actually is actually correct. Like his his defense, the, the things he's really good at defensively aren't necessarily what. Yeah. work in this system that's which, why but, we, that's why he got caught i think today I yeah think he's just adjusting he was, to that it's like, yeah. yeah he's that much and he's that much further he, inside and higher than he would he's yeah. adjusting to another new, newish yeah. position yep. within his position but i think you know i th- i do think he can uh i do i do think he can adapt um i think he i think he still has a lot to offer to this team and i thought you know obviously like today he, he took his goal really well and i think he was involved and i think he wants to be involved and i think yeah i really feel like you know, like he, he kind of the way he came back last season. I don't, I don't see why he couldn't do that again. I'm, yeah, I'm not this season. I'm not saying that he won't be a useful squad member. I'm not saying that he, you know, there won't be games that he's better suited for. I think defensively, he's best defending, um, kind of deep facing upfield, and he won't do very much of that in this system. And you know, his his first touch and his passing, you know, aren't as good as as Poro's. And I think in you know that kind of midfield 
element of the role he's not very well suited to and I don't think it, he can I don't think you can train that into him it's just that's it, not it within his locker yeah it's going to be a very interesting battle between the two of them and it somewhat brings us into how how are we adjusting to Ange Ball because essentially this is one of the prime questions because you do have a player like Porro who is undoubtedly suited more to Ange Ball going forward but who is possibly not quite as sharp on the defensive turn and as we've both articulated or we've all three of us articulated with Emerson Royale he is better defending you know when he's looking ahead um but you know again I wonder if there's a place there where you know his his defensive now even compromised is going to be better than what Porro doesn't know defensively but then of course you want Porro's attacking now so it's one of the many areas of Ange Ball that is going to sort itself out it's a fascinating fascinating battle it yeah it is I think Porro tracking back I don't think he's particularly weak defensively. I, th- I think you know his big the weakness we've seen with him is predominantly around well, dealing with crosses and, and not spotting runs in behind him or you know runs in between him and and, and his his closest centre back. I I do wonder, and I'm, I might be pinning too much hope on this. I do wonder whether Van der Ven will allow us to close down those balls in, so we don't have to deal with it because we cut them yeah. off at source, and maybe that's you know maybe that's uh, the answer to it. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I do think that, you know, Porro tracking back, you know, chasing a player, there's not much, di- I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between Porro and Royal in, in terms of speed, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's as much of an issue. I think where Porro's weak is defending, yeah, facing up the field. So they've got, you know, they've got almost opposite, right. opposite skill sets. It, it, it is definitely going to be a, a case of what contributes most to the positives of Ange Ball as opposed to the risks of Ange Ball. I think that's probably what's going to win out in the end. And it's probably mm-hmm. the same all across the pitch, right? We're probably looking at all those players and all those battles. Um, you know, who's going to give more? Yeah, absolutely. And, and my guess is that whenever Ange is faced with a choice between defend and attack, he's going to pick attack. He's going to pick, he's yeah. going to pick the risky choice, which mm-hmm. is why I think he'll end up with Porro. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I we we will see that 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 is to be seen. I think he was smart today to, with the choices he made, and I do think that you know let's let's look at some of the other players who are adjusting to Ange Ball, and let's look at Isbasuma, uh, shall we? Who actually, I would like to posit, it's my word of the pod. I'd like to posit this to you, gentlemen, that actually this felt like Isbasuma's debut for Tottenham mm-hmm. Hotspur Football Club. Yeah, this is the player that everyone told me we had signed. This yeah. is the player that I didn't see. And it's not his fault. Not his yeah. fault. Given a chance to play the way he plays, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I was thinking during the game, so Madison, we wanted to sign last summer. Conte said no. Basuma, we did sign last summer. Conte didn't like him. And then Skip and Saar, two players again that Conte didn't fancy. So our midfield today, or you know, the four midfielders who, who played there today, were all players that Conte turned his nose up at. Yeah, it's the anti-Conte midfield. Sorry, anti-Conte and, midfield. Did I mispronounce I, that? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, my uh, my um, Continuo suggestion during yes. the week. I did. I did. I did get someone suggested me that we ought to call it the more cunts period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a remarkable. When you look at that midfield, and you know they're all people that Conte didn't didn't rate, didn't want to work with, didn't like. Um, and I think also when you you think we've got Benton Kerr to come back, and if he comes back mm. and fit, oh, and you've yeah. got Basuma, Benton Kerr, and Ma- uh, Madison, that's a really really tasty midfield. Yeah, Papsar to come in when necessary uh, himself, uh, who and, is yeah. who is well, another p- player of the cathedral yeah. ceiling. I mean, crikey! 
Yeah, yeah. You can I've, see but, it. And poor yeah. old Skippy, who's really elevated his game. We never even mentioned him, but, you know, very, very useful. I mean... Yeah, and Lacelso. Oh, wow, yeah, Lacelso. I was saying wow. Lacelso had Lacelso. an excellent pre-season. So yeah. I, I think there's one thing, actually, with... Um, Romero going off when he did, and there was a cock up with um, yeah. not registering it as a as mm. a head injury. I think that probably denied either maybe Solomon or Lacelso getting on the pitch today. Maybe mm. not Lacelso because Sun had gone off and the armband had already been passed across once. But yeah, maybe yeah, there was one less change that we might have seen because of because of that. Mm. Basuma was yeah. great. Basuma oh, was absolutely yeah. fantastic. He'd be man of the match for me. Um, he he had everything. Yeah, he he was physical. He he. You know, difficult to get past. His passing was very good. His ball carrying, it was almost Dembele-esque Brilliant. in, in yeah. occasions yes, where yeah. he'd pick up the ball he and just slal- does everything. slalom through people. Yeah, he and, does everything. Yeah, yeah. He looked yeah. happy. He looked happy. Yeah. He looked like he was enjoying yeah, 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 his football. Yeah. Yeah. He looked really unshackled. And that's one thing about Ange Ball that, I've, that I, I was enjoying so much about this side. They all looked unshackled. Even mm. uh, even Decky got over what I thought was some early match nerves and maybe a little bit of confidence. And even he was coming into it in the second half. They're all... I, dis- I mean, we have to remember the psychological number that he's done to players when they're sort of told effectively to play against their instincts uh, mm. is, is big. And I, I don't know. I, I, I feel that Ange Ball is all about not reducing players. And I think that I think we're adjusting to it very well. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, so. I think with Basuma, you look at the kind of prices we've been talked about for Casado right now, you're 110 <laughs> million, something like that. And it makes Basuma look like an absolute bargain. Yeah, mm. yeah, it does mm. indeed. Do you know, perhaps I'm just feeling like overwhelmingly positive because of what we were serving up previously, but... I, I I think we are adjusting so well to the new system, and on another day with our front three being a bit more potent, I think we could have run away with this. Um, I thought Ange's, I think his tactics are translating really positively already on the pitch. Um, I think it'll be more of an indicator of how we are progressing, like when we play in our next game, you know, against Man U at home. But but I, you know, we've discussed with Ange before about you know, like people people have quoted as saying that he gets his ideas across very very mm-hmm. quickly, and you can see that already. I mean, I think the beauty about playing yeah, Man United is there'll be more space for us. They're not going to close yeah. off the space between mm. de- uh, midfield 100%. and defence. So Madison mm. and, and and Skip or Saar, whoever gets picked in, in the in the right channel, will have more space to operate. Yeah, mm. and and I think also Man United are probably likely to push up, you know, push up and play a higher line, which gives Son and and uh, Decky a bit more space to uh, you know, and Richarlison more space to run in behind as well. So I think it could suit us. Um, and obviously, they they pose more of a threat at the other end. Um, but you know, you know, yeah, it, 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 it might be one of those ones where t- this week's game or today's game was one of those you know, opponents who just really, really don't suit us. And we did yeah, well. I mean, look, and we did well. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we've said and we've said this before. There's going to be some 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 roller coasters and and, and rocket rides with Ange Ball. There's no doubt about that. Um, and and you know, you said you said something there, Ram. You said about you know, I don't want. Maybe I'm feeling overwhelmingly positive. And it's interesting. One of the things that I I've been quite annoyed about actually over the last few years is that whenever we do feel positive, we are made to feel guilty for it, as if we're happy clappers. Mm. This is not happy mm. fucking 
clapping. This is seeing your football team actually yeah. play like you want it to play. Yeah. So, yeah, so totally. bring it on. Yeah. I just I just want to make one more point. One thing and I, uh, that I really was such a difference as well was options. We had mm. options everywhere. Whenever we had the ball, there was at least two passes on, mm-hmm. regardless of how much space or little space we had. And that was so refreshing as well. The movement and the options and everyone everyone pulling together. It was really, really good to see. Yeah. I think we all would agree. I mean, we probably don't need to dwell on it. I think we'd all agree that Ange made the absolute right decision to sub Romero when mm. he did. I think it was very clear after he'd scored that he was still dinged. And uh, I just wanted to draw attention to it because a lot of managers would try and like leave that player on for another 10 or 15 minutes. And I thought it showed that he is a, a responsible manager who cares for his players. I thought it was the right mm. thing to do. He talked about it in the press conference afterwards mm. where he said it was decision by the medical team. So he said the medical team were monitoring as he progressed from there and then he scored with his head. They were pretty sure that he needed uh, for his own benefit to get him off. And obviously what we know about head injuries, it's, uh, for me, it's not even an issue. We will always err on the side of caution. And he went on to say later on, we had another question and said, um, asked whether he'd be available for next week. So I don't know, mate. Uh, well, <laughs> well, exactly. That's uh, where people like me should shut up and listen to the doctors. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, Jeez, what a what a refreshing yeah. attitude! Imagine Mourinho saying that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that, that that's what was occurring to me at the time it happened. Is that yeah? And we've got to stop talking about our, our former managers. But, yeah, we do. But we do. Um, I think you know, some of our former managers wouldn't have allowed him to to come off and would have left him out there. No, we all yeah. we all thought the same. So uh, I agree with you. We probably should cease mentioning them, but we did all think about it. Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> what did you think of Brentford? Uh, shit, actually, I, 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 what a reductive football side. I didn't enjoy them. I didn't enjoy their tactics. I didn't enjoy how they played. I've never really enjoyed how they played, and I'm getting bored of it. I mean, the first season I gave them a pass. Uh, because they're a new team, I, I really wish they would do something a little different. Uh, that's if you want me to be brutally honest. So I am being, and uh, I didn't enjoy them one single bit. I don't think we learned anything new from them from last season. You know, they, right. they were a good test for us in our first game. Uh, they played, they played that kind of counter-attacking football. Um, I don't think they're in any danger of going down. Um, you know, from what I can see. But yeah, you know, as Milo said earlier, it was like that. This is the sort of game where this is against a team. We, we could struggle against and I thought we, we overcame that pretty well yeah I mean I, I wouldn't want to go and watch it week in week out but I think they do what they do very well they're incredibly well drilled side uh, their recruitment is excellent um, and you know I mean given the budget they're working within um, you know I think maybe they uh, they do get a pass for the style of football they play because you know it's, it's not um, you know you've you got to kind of play to your strengths and, and um, you know within you know with what you've got and I think I think Frank's done a very good job with that. You know, I, I didn't like it when some of the press were linking with him with us in the summer because it, you know, it's exactly mm. what I, I don't want. Right. But, um, but you know, I, I kind of admire what they do in that they they do it well. It's just you know, it's not for me. But you know, uh, so closing thoughts: uh, one positive and one negative in thirty seconds. Three, two, one, Milo. Uh, positive is yeah, got off to a decent start. Um, you know, I think I think we played very well. I think you know we're, we're considering the, the amount of change we've gone through we're coping with that well the new players all look really good um and yeah uh you know a, a penalty and a deflected goal you know on another day we, we walk away with three points there which you know it's not an easy place to get get that uh the negative um i don't want to dwell on on Ryle again so i won't i won't do that um 
Uh, probably, yeah. Again, maybe just the wide players. Uh, you know, Sun and Decky not not being able to get in behind, not being able to go both ways. Um, it is an issue for us. Um, it's, you know, it doesn't it, it doesn't it means that we don't get the best out of the system. And um, it's it's something for Ange to work on. And again, I don't think it's something that we can we can teach them to do or, or train them to do. They're just not suited to it. Um, I'm not quite sure what the answer is. Uh, my negative is we couldn't couldn't find the winner, um, and we tailed off towards the end. Uh, but my positive is everything else we've got our Tottenham back. Yep, I'll start with my negative, which is just you know those front three are you know taking a little they're going to take a little while to gel, I think, and and find their way. Uh, if indeed they do find their way, uh, that'll be you know that's the area of the pitch now that seems to need the most work chemically. But I think we'll get there. Um, and like yourself, I mean, it's just delighted to, ha- to, to, to have my football club back and to enjoy watching us have the, have the ball for large periods of the match. What a, what a wonderful thing. What a rarity. And, and what, a, you know, what promise for the season, wherever it takes us, at least we will be entertained. So, yeah. Um, okay. There was a friendly earlier in the week. <laughs> uh, we sent our B team out to play Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> We'll keep it brief, uh, chaps. You know, just a, a brief overview of the game as you saw it. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought our second string were uh, were pretty much, you know, pretty dominant up until maybe the final ten minutes. Um, the Barca kids for me showed more than their first teamers, and uh, and we showed that we have a full squad on board with the new manager's tactics and system. Yeah, I'd agree. That was fun. Um, Eighty minutes of it were fun. Um, yeah, I thought I thought we did pretty well on the whole. Um, you know, in terms of kind of the negatives, I thought you know Reggie was really poor. Um, you know, to blame for three of the goals at least, and um, and I thought Dyer looked really you know out of sorts. You know, and didn't look like a good fit for the side uh, or for the tactics rather. So other, but other than those two, I thought everyone was very good, and I was you know really enjoyed it. And you know, Barca put out a full strength side. We sent our stiffs, and um, at at times. You know, from kind of you know, twenty minutes. There's probably you know an hour of the game where we were. They looked quite you know struggling to cope with us. It was good fun. It was really good fun. Yeah, I, I possibly I was harsh in calling it our our B team, and maybe it's harsh to call them stiffs. There were some very good players out there, and and the players that will have an important part for to play for us. But what I I thought was most instructive about the game is once again, Ange definitively learned. You know, a few more of the names that he may already have known are not going to be part of his plans. But I think we saw definitively who mm-hmm. those players are. And it's hard to see uh, any role for Reggie. It's hard to see any role for Eric, as much as I love him. And I have to say, I wonder if Davies will hang in. I mean, I, I suppose he will, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the cut either. I'll be interested I'd, to see. Well, there's there's no other left back. Unless we sign a left back, I think he's going to be around. And I think his versatility... Vertality <laughs> uh, means that he's um, yeah he's useful squad option. So I think he, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. It, it does look like Sanchez might have leapfrogged Dyer in terms of you know kind of the fourth choice centre back option. Yeah, assuming we oh, bring in another defender, and you know I think I think, I think the Barca. Right. I think the Barca game, we're a bit like the Highlander. There can only be one, can't there? So out of Jaffet, Sanchez and Dyer, only one can survive. <laughs> and um, I think the Barca game, and probably today as well, suited him. He's always been a good recovery defender. He's good at tracking back and getting a tackle. Um, you know, his issues are normally when he's facing up, facing up the other way up the pitch. Um, but, you know, it, it, it suited him. I thought he, he did very well. And, 
Yeah, I, I just yeah, he's he's a he's a very good. He's a he's a fine defender in a team that plays front foot football. We saw that with Poch, and I think we are seeing it in this system. And I think we would all agree that if it is Highlander, you know, uh, and and I say this over, you know, my beloved Eric, uh, you know, I think it's quite right that he's le- leapfrogged, and I think it's quite right that he's there. And again, we didn't touch on him actually in the game today, but I I, I thought he really acquitted himself very well, and good for him. You know, yeah. I love. I love to see a player come back from being buried by a bunch of ignorant wankers on the terraces. I love it. I love it. Every I, time it happens, it's great. I mean, I, th- I think in both games, I mean, I thought today's again, Sanchez in possession wasn't great, but we know that. We know that about him. And, you know, in terms of, you know, in, with the high, you know, the high line, tracking back, getting tackles in, he's really good at that. He's well suited to it. He's got the pace that the others haven't. Um, so, yeah, fine. I mean, you know, effectively we're talking about kind of fourth choice defender here. So, you know, they probably won't get a huge, huge amount of minutes over the season. Um, but he's, pr- he's proved himself really useful and he did a great job today when he came on. There were stories late this afternoon linking Dyer with a move to Saudi Arabia. Um it was a Saudi journalist who um who reported it. I don't know how I true mean. I don't know who how true that was. Um that would be a turn up for the books, I have to say. But yeah, so I d I don't know. It's yeah, it's not a journal a journal I'm familiar with, so I don't know how reliable this is, but um yeah. Well, it is the week that was, and we do like to share the love in this uh, particular section of the pod. So who wants to kick off with the with the star item of the week that was? Which one of you? I'll Come t- on, I'll it's Highlander. I'll pick this one up, go on. So on Saturday, the club confirmed that Ange had appointed Sung Hyun Min as our new captain, with James Madison and Christian Romero as our vice captains. What do you think of these appointments? I think they were... Absolutely, the correct appointments. I think making Sonny the captain was probably the obvious choice, but I wouldn't have been shocked to see Madders or uh, Romero take the armband as well. So solid choices all round. Outstanding choice, um, really. I mean, you know, it was suggested by a couple of people uh, that, um, well, one one person I know um, was saying that they didn't think Sonny was a good fit and that might maybe he was just picked you know, for a popularity vote and because he didn't didn't have the gumption for it, which was an astounding uh, uh, thing to say because I can't think of a braver player than Sonny in our side. Some of the things he's had to go through, uh, some of the adversity that he's played through. He played through a broken arm for 85 minutes at Aston Villa once, let us not forget. Um, and then, of course, he did play for his career versus his, versus serving for the military. <laughs> you can't get more responsible than that. What what a great appointment and there's and those vice appointments yes yes I'm all on board absolutely yeah tremendous yeah. I mean I don't know who said that but they're a moron Steph I mean just <laughs> I, I mean I'd cut them out delete them from your phone now get your phone out delete them from your phone you don't need these people in your life they don't know what they're talking a, about they don't good, know he's, ball he's a good lad he is but occasionally we, we I must say we do doesn't disagree. know ball we do disagree on fundamentals. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he might have been. He might have been on a wind up. In fairness, it has to be said. He has been known to troll, and I'm an easy troll. You know that. So <laughs> I'm easy to draw out of my cage. I think Sonny is very clear when you see the players interacting how integral Sun is in terms of oh, kind yeah. of the camp and you know how um, you know how he acts. I, I, I said a few weeks ago about when we won the Tiger Cup in um, after we played Lion City Sailors. And there was the uh, ceremony for that. It was it was Rodon. He went round the back and put his arm around Rodon and gave him a squeeze. And you know, this is a player who's right on the fringes of the team. You know, at that point, and it's it's him that Sonny's gone to 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 you know talk to and 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 engage with. I just think he's so he's so good at that. Um, and of course, you know, he's captain of his country, so it's not as if this is this is new to him. So <laughs> exactly, you know. Yeah. Um. Did you see the the video with the announcement? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and just he's he's a no nonsense individual, but um, but in those moments which could have actually been a bit cringe or contrived, he managed to do and say exactly the right things. And you know, and again, like with the Romero situation, he just has this authority about him, but he's also there's a care and there's a uh, yeah, there's there's just a there's just a very good presence about him. And the whole and then with Sonny coming up and accepting, and I believe um, I believe Sonny didn't know that's right. that he, was going to happen. That's right. Yeah. He, he he in his interview that he did for. Spurs play yeah he said that was the first he'd heard of it yeah it was just a very genuine very touching and uh you know an an exciting moment I mean I I just find myself fighting hyper no I fight hyperbole most of the time anyway when it comes to things I love uh this football club being (laughs) a major part of that I I I look at him I listen to him I see his presence uh in the club right now and I I think we were talking about this earlier in the week weren't we might I I was saying that uh, I just, he's got a touch of the Fergies about him mm. to me. And that, that omnipotence, that omnipotence, another, another uh, big Scrabble word I'm pulling out this week. He feels omnipotent. And, and yeah, I think but, he's got that old school presence, but he's got, you know, new school like uh, ideas. I mean, he plays football the way it should be played. So yeah, I mean, I mean the, the love is growing. There's similarities in, there's similarities in terms of how he, uh, works with the team as well in that he keeps his yeah. distance. He's got, Ooh. you know, empowered coaches who do most of that kind of yeah. interaction with the players. Then he comes in. Yeah. I thought there were a couple of comments that I've seen from him this week about, about the dressing room oh, where, yeah, he, where he's been asked, where he's been asked about that and just said, you know, it's nothing to do with me. It's down to the players. It's, yeah. you know, it's their choice. And he, there was a, um, the, the huddle that the players are doing before the game. Yeah, the game they, he was asked about Great that. I, I haven't got it in front of me, but um, you know the gist of it saying, "Yeah, it's nothing to do with me, mate. It's uh, you know I've got enough <laughs> on my plate. I've got, I've got enough on my plate without him to uh, you know think of that kind of stuff and saying it's down yeah. to the players." But I think it's also quite good that he's publicly giving credit to the players for stuff or saying, yeah. you know, I think it's a really interesting idea saying, you know, the the dressing room is your environment again, which yes. is a big contrast to. Um, I try to which uh, Italian international it was said when Conte was Italy manager, none of the players wanted to sit by the door because they were going to get punched by Conte as he came in at half time, and like that kind of very very you, you know kind of kicking stuff around all that yeah you know, all that kind of stuff and 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 Angie's basically saying this is your space and you you do with it as you want yeah. and I'm you know it's, it's nothing to do with me which is very very different to what we've seen before so yeah I I thought the video was great and I'm really pleased with these appointments I think the other thing is is actually I think you know we were talking today about kind of the, the number of changes in the side we talked about you know Dyer and Davis and others the easy choice would have been to make Dyer and Davis vice caps because those are the kind of roles they've played before. Mm. But what I think he's done is he's drawn a line under those kind of previous periods. And actually, I think as a signifier, it feels quite similar to me again, you know, a yeah, moment we talk about it. a lot when, yeah. when Poch, know gonna, you know, yeah, you know yeah. cut out Adebayor yes. and um, yes. Kabul and, yeah. and, and the others. And I mean, actually, Kabul was wearing the iron band at that time, wasn't he? So, it, you know, there's, there's a the, right. yeah, you know, very, very thing. similar. Um, but it feels like he's drawn a line under the past and said, right, this is this is day one and we move on from here. Well, he made a very, very pointed note of saying that age and experience does not dictate leadership. I mean, that was one of the big things I took away from that video is that you're never too young to be a leader in, in on the football pitch. And he actually broke it down even to that isolated points where he's saying if you do something positive on the pitch, you're leading by example. So, yeah. Yeah, look, we're, we're we're all we're all we're all fully fully vested, and I've already gone hyperbolic uh, with the Fergie comparison. So there's only one place we can go from here, and that is to talk about Joe Roden. 
It's the only place to go after all that. Joe Roden has joined Leeds United on loan for the 2023-24 season. Um, And very simply, is this a good move for Joe? I think we all feel for him and feel that he deserves a good move. So, chaps, is it or isn't it? Yeah, it's a good move for him. It's a big club. Um, So it will be a very good move for him if he plays. So if he if he's you know playing and he's playing regularly for a team like Leeds then and you know and he kind of sets his marker out then yeah fantastic move for him yeah I mean he's probably a bit disappointed about having to drop down to the Championship but um, I mean I feel for Joe Roden because I think he's a decent player who joined mm. the wrong club at the wrong time and you know I think he's, you know, if he hadn't joined us and you know stayed at Swansea or you know moved to another club where you know he was going to get opportunities then I think you know, his career could be in a very very different place now and I, I feel sorry for him that he's got to kind of rebuild his career um you know, but yeah I think I think he's a good player and uh, yeah I hope he gets a chance to do that because yeah I, I like him yeah, I mean do you ever find yourselves when you look at a player like Rodan I, I've wondered this I, I just wonder what is it in his game that no coach trusts because to my naked eye he doesn't seem any less vulnerable in any of the areas of defensive player needs to be strong than any of the other defenders we've been playing for the last few years. So you wonder, like, is it does he have a constant, like, little tiny brain fart? Is it something to do with the angles that he takes up that can't be coached out? I find myself wondering if it's details or if it is really just bad luck. I, I mean, I think, I think you know, Conte didn't want to give young players a chance. I think it's as simple as that in terms yeah, of you know, when point. he joined us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with a lot of our fans, you know, I don't know, you know kind of everyone's talking about kind of um, uh, Kim and Jay. And what's happened to him? And you know, Mourinho's kind of rewritten history and tried to claim that he wanted to sign him, you know, from Turkey. When actually, it was when he was in China that we were interested in him. And when Mourinho was our manager, and you know, if if he had come in at that point, would Mourinho actually have given him any chances, or would Kim Min Jae be Joe Rodon? Yeah, you know, the South Korean Joe Rodon now, because mm. you know, promising defender coming from um, you know from a league that. You know, yeah, not from a major European league, doesn't get the opportunities as a result of that, and then you know suffers for uh, you know for confidence, and then it all falls to pieces. So you know, it, it could have been, you know, very easily been you know rather than him winning Syria last season and you know joining Bayern Munich and you know all of this, it could be him who's getting shipped off to Leeds because we've had a load of managers who doesn't fancy them, and you know them's the breaks it could have yeah. been joe rodon winning Serie A and going off to Bayern munich in another yeah. alternate universe i like this yeah. i like alternate <laughs> universes um ram bring us to the alternate universe of the tro- first trophy we're going to win this season will you yeah let's talk about the league cup um we've been drawn away to fulham in the second round of the league cup the game will take place the week commencing 28th august what do you think of the draw yeah, it's all right. You know, we've avoided the you know, the really big clubs. I think, um, you know, you'd rather it was at home rather than away, but Fulham's all right. Uh, I didn't realise that the League Cup had um, uh, north and south um, draws at this stage of the tournament. It's so long since we've been in it, that, like this stage, <laughs> that I didn't realise, yeah, that the second round was split. But there you go, you learn something new every day. Um, yeah, it's fine. You'd hope we'd be able to get past them and hopefully it gives us a chance to play a couple of the fringe players. I don't know. Yeah, always a good night out at the cottage, isn't it? Great, great ground, always a good vibe. And I say smash them and continue on the, to our first uh, trophy. I mean, you know, look, <laughs> there's no good draw in the cup. We all know that. <laughs> it, it just really isn't. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think Fulham overachieved a little bit last year. I think their underlying yes. data doesn't look quite as good as their um, their results. So my suspicion is that they won't do as well this year. Um, so yeah, maybe it's not a bad bad time to be playing them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think it's the easiest draw, like you guys said. You know, I would have preferred Sutton United, but um, 
but you know it, it might be a bit difficult but I think we'll I think we'll go through and I, I I've got a good feeling about the league cup transfer rumors shall I continue Yes, please. Okay, I will continue then. Uh, uh, a name that has been getting more heavily linked in our search for new centre-backs, gentlemen, is Torino's Pere Schurz. Uh, Pere is 23. He joined Torino from Ajax last summer and has 17 caps, the Dutch under-21s. I'm going to wave my flag of ignorance here and say I really know very little about the player. I'm going to assume that Milo does know more about the player than than, than I do. So, um, you know, and, and Ram, I have absolutely no idea. You might be the leader of the Pear Schurz fan club. So <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good. I mean, Torino aren't um, you know, stylistically very different to how we're playing. So if you look at his data for last year, it, you know, the possession, you know, the ball, the ball stats don't, don't look great because that's the way they play. So it's probably best not to read them, that into them. Yeah. I think he's a decent player. You know, effectively we're looking for a third choice center back who can play both left center back and right center back. That's the brief. And all of the ones we've looked at so far have been, you know, pretty good general all round center back. They're not, not stars on the, on the, on the whole, but. You know, a useful, steady player who can come in and play both those positions. He fits that. I don't know whether you noticed, Steph, we were tweeted about this with the song suggestions. And um, someone suggested that we could um, sing Under <laughs> under Persia's... Under um, Persia's... Ram, you want to join us for that? <laughs> we're Under Persia's... So I, th- I think that would be quite... You know, <laughs> Crunching tackle goes in. Yo, under Bursch's. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Who suggested I was, that? Do we, do we I, was, I was disengaged there because I was just Googling him. <laughs> ben, ben, my not. ben, but my not. And, um, ben, my yeah. not. You, you, you win this week's song award. Please keep them coming because Milo <laughs> says week after week he doesn't want any more. It isn't in the notes. He hadn't written it in. I hadn't even uh, posited a song this week. And there he was straight in there. So keep him it, coming. Keep him happy. I'll just got, join in. <laughs> it's got it's got to stop. Last, <laughs> last Tuesday night, my brother phoned me when he was driving home from work. He'd been yeah. listening to the pod. And he phoned me up with requests. He thinks it's fucking commercial radio. It's oh. like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, that this is this is catching. I'm glad. Good. Well, for that reason alone, I'd love to see him play for us. What? A, I mean, what? What sort of like you know surface supporter am I? Um, but anyway, I, I look. I will probably be doing the Google search like yourself, Ram, and the YouTube scouting, and and let's see if he joins. I presume. You, just a, a you, little question. Sorry. You you might be better off looking at Ajax, where it might be a, a more of a stylistic fit to what we're right. we're gotcha. doing. So okay. maybe go for some earlier ones. But yeah, he's, he's all right. That's Good advice. Uh, I, I presume, gents, that we're both, uh, or we're all, sorry, uh, in agreement that um, the tap sober, the tap sober dance uh, is over. The tap dance is over. I suppose I could mm. uh, reduce that too. Is that is that right? Do you believe, or do you think he might sneak in the door at the end? Do you think we're planning a late raid? I don't think it would be a good idea. I mean, I think he's a great player. He's, you know, I think he's he's really really good. Um, but then you, what you're doing is stifling Van der Ven's development because he'd start over Van der Ven because he's better. Um, and I don't see the point in spending, you know, nine or 50 million quid on a defender and then signing someone to play over them and, and stifling their development. So I think we're, pro- I think this approach of signing a, a kind of generalist third choice is probably the right one. Um, yeah. Yep. I and, mean, you know, I've heard people say, oh, well, Van der Ven can play at left back. Well, then we're stifling a doggy who is great. Mm. Yeah. Why would we want to do that? Yep. So yeah, I, I think. 
yeah, yeah, it the, makes the logical sense. Being, the sums being talked about for Tapsoba were you know kind of 60, 60 million plus. He, he's really good, um, and I'm sure he'll get a move to a you know a big club very soon. Um, but we probably need to spend that money elsewhere. Quick question, and he's not in our notes, but and I know we mentioned him last week, but he is being mentioned again. I just want to ask both of you while we're here about what your thoughts are on Gift Orban. I have done the YouTube tour of him. Uh, he's very exciting. He's electric. I do question whether we can accommodate as forward who is not an aerial striker, so to speak, or isn't maybe as good in the air. Uh, but my word, there's no doubt you put him in the penalty box, and it looks like if his skill set translates he would be um he'd be like an electric modern defoe type forward right i mean do, the rumors are that we're going to make this deal happen yeah that's all i hear with the flirtation has started quite heavily well, and it feels like one of those deadline day deals that daniel loves to do i, I don't think i don't think it'll be i don't think it'll be left that late i mean and just been quite clear that our priority at the moment is to get players out the door which you know we've got we've got at least 10 players to sell or loan out so there's a lot of business a lot of work to be done um i I th- you know as I said uh, on the you know last weekend you know, I think there's a, a few deals where it looks like we've we've done the groundwork and lined them up already once we get the players out then I think they'll happen but you know we're not going to you know we've got what 30 37 players something like that at the moment 37 38 players uh, the most we can register is uh, 25 but we can only register 17 foreign uh, non homegrown players we've got a lot of players to shift so I think yeah, I think we're, we, it might be that that doesn't happen for a couple of weeks. But when we were talking earlier on about the, you know the bench and the lack of a you know, replacement for Richarlison, that was who I was thinking. If you, yeah. you know, yeah. if you've got twenty minutes left and and you want to change things up a bit, then bringing someone like that on would make a make, make a real difference. I think he's he's a really exciting player, and you know, as I said before, his backstory is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything further to add to what you guys have said. Yeah, I agree. it's a great story. And, you know, look, in the notes, it says here season preview. I feel we've somewhat been previewing the season as we've been going along here. I don't know if you chaps agree. So I was going to sort of reduce this to a couple of key questions. Um, but I think, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm in, interested for both of you what you think our target for the season should be. I think European football and a good run in the Cups. I think that's the target. I mean, I think our target should be the same as every year. I think our target should be top four. Um, but the, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, at the very least, we should be looking to have European football next year. I think it's going to be a really tough year. I think it's, the league, I think it's very, very competitive. Um, I think, you know, a lot of clubs have, have strengthened um, and there's a lot of unknowns. You know, I think if you, know, you say, as I watched the Chelsea Liverpool game earlier on this afternoon, they they both brought in a lot of players. They, you know, it's very difficult to know what those sides are going to be like because there's still kind of gaping holes in in those teams, and you don't know quite how they're going to settle and develop. Um, but yeah, you know, both of them could do quite well. Both of them, you know, might not. I don't know. I mean, I suppose you might even put us into that category as well. In that, you know, maybe we haven't spent mm. quite as much money as some of those teams yet. But there's been a you know a lot of changes and. Um, you know, Manchester United, I think, have bought very well. Um, you know, Arsenal have, you know, brought in, you know, spent a lot of money this summer. Man City look like they're, you know, strengthening as well. Um, you know, so, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult, you know, and then that kind of tier below that, which I suppose you, you know, you put, uh, you know, put us in as well. You know, Newcastle, Villa, um, Brighton. You know, Brighton. Um, it's, it's tough. And, you know, any of those clubs with a good run could end up in the top four. Um, and there's going to be some very good teams who don't don't get European football just because because the quality at the top. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, if I'm going to be, 
I'm just, I am being cautious, and that's why I'm saying, you know, we, our target should be European football and a good run in the cups. But I think if I was to really let my heart go, I think we could be a bit of a. Uh, I, th- I think we're being we're being a bit under the radar, which is a good thing uh, because I think people think we we are a club in transition, and there is a you know Harry's gone and all these sort of things. But I think we could pull out a bit of a surprise this season. Yeah, I mean, it just feels so similar. To Pochi's first full season, everything about us feels similar to that. It really does. And I mean, I, I, look, our target should always be top four. It should always be Champions League. If, if it's any less, then we're not behaving properly. Um, I mean, truthfully, our target should be winning the league. But of course, that's a whole other discussion uh, that, you know, the Premier League are going to have to dive into one day and sort out. Uh, not sort it out for us to win, but, you know, the way football works. I, I think uh, our chances of achieving top four... Uh, you know, Milo said it. Uh, I think Ram, you said it. I mean, it's you know, it's you can't predict that. There's so much strength in mm. the Premiership. Um, I'd say fifty-fifty at best. It's not my personal belief is we will not uh, finish top four. Uh, but I do think we're going to win uh, a trophy, and I will predict which yeah. trophy that is in a moment. Um, but I do feel we will. I, I think I, I think this is the year. I think one of those scripted things, isn't it? He goes because yeah. he wants to win trophies, and we'll win one the first season he's not here. <laughs> I've got that in my notes. It's written in the stars now that he's gone. <laughs> I mean, I think, it, I think in terms of the league, I think everyone's kind of jostling for position to be best place when Pep leaves City, basically. I think... No, I absolutely I think it's hard yeah. to see anyone beating them to the title. But mm-hmm. yeah, sometime soon, there's going to be a big upheaval there and everyone basically needs to be, you know, have a squad ready to compete when that happens yeah. and then have a bit of luck. And mm-hmm. you know maybe we've left it a little bit late to be a contender in that. I don't know. It depends on when it happens. I suppose if he if he if he does another couple of seasons at City, then we might be well placed for that. Um, but yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Do you want me to go through our predictions, Steph? Whatever I said. Think, I I th- I think you should. I think this is this is an area where you, I know you you love this area because you love to remember <sighs> it and then throw it back at us in, well, in, I, at the end of the season. <laughs> Quite I, rightly I so. T- I've just turned off accepting uh, accepting responses on the on the Google form for this. You can't go in and change them now. Ah, oh, yeah. right. So first up, Amar. He thinks that we're going to finish. So Spurs will finish fifth in the Premier League. I think the, the next one actually. I might as well just say now we've all we all said that we think that City will win the Premier League. There's two here where every, everyone agrees. He thinks that Spurs will win the FA Cup. That Spurs will win the League Cup. Wow. Ooh. That Real Madrid will win the Champions League. The relegated clubs will be Bournemouth, Luton and Sheffield United and that Haaland will be the Premier League's top goal scorer. We all think that City will win the league and Haaland will be top scorer. So I might just skip over those as we go through the others. Our crystal balls are wonderful. Gareth. <laughs> Aligned. So where do we think Gareth... Where, where do you think Gareth thinks we're going to finish? Eight. Twelve. <laughs> 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 Gareth, we love you, and we hope you're enjoying your time in Florida. We love 16th, you, mate, but yeah. <laughs> we love you. You no, are you are you um, are the ballast of common sense. So we love you. You keep us grounded, mate. But seventh, he thinks. Oh, yeah. me vertigo. <laughs> he thinks that Arsenal win the FA Cup. That Chelsea will Second. win the League Cup. Arsenal and Chelsea. <laughs> Bayern Munich will win the Champions League. Oh no. And he's relegating Burnley, Wolves, and Luton. I think it's me next. I've, I think we'll finish fifth. Um, City for the title. Uh, City for the FA Cup. City for the League Cup. Oh, wow. Real Madrid for Champions League. And I'm relegating Luton, Sheffield United, and, um, and Wolves. 
Hang on a sec. And next up is you, Ram. Do you think we'll finish sixth? City for the title, Liverpool for the FA Cup, Spurs for the League Cup, the Bayern Munich for the Champions League, <laughs> Burnley, Luton and West Ham, you're relegating, and obviously Haaland. Right, Steph now. Steph, you got us finishing sixth. You've got City winning the league. You've got Spurs winning the FA Cup. You've got That's Chelsea right. winning the League Cup. Real Madrid winning the Champions League. And you're relegating Everton, Wolves and Sheffield United. You're the only person who thinks that Luton will stay up. No, my caveat for that is that Kevin North, who is one of my very, very closest friends, uh, is is a giant Luton Town supporter and listens to our pod regularly and has been a regular <laughs> supporter of it. And so I would never dream to speak against the town uh, on, on on a moral basis. So that's that's my that's my main reason. Plus, I, I hope that I hope they make it. I think Luton won't be too bothered about going down. I think they're ahead of schedule getting into the Premier League. Oh, Kev, will tell, Kev will doubtless and, tell me that when he listens to and, this podcast. Like, Don't worry about me, mate. <laughs> and I, I, th- I think their model's going to be a little bit like uh, Norwich are when they come up. It's like, can I take the money, go down, spend it, build a better squad, and then be better next time they come up? That's my guess. Mm. Fantastic story, nonetheless. Really is. Love it. And Ricky's last. So Ricky thinks that we'll finish sixth. City will win the title. City will win the FA Cup. Newcastle will win the League Cup. City will win the Champions League. And he's relegating Wolves, Luton and Sheffield United. Same as me. And yeah, Haaland for the title. I I asked some slightly different I asked some slightly different questions of our of our listeners if you'd like to know what they, they yeah. said. So but you can have a bash at these as well. I did already. I have already been in. Well, you've been in the voted, have you? Right. I have I have I've probably right. it for everyone. So I said well we finished. So so fifteen percent of our listeners think or our Twitter followers rather think that we'll finish in the top four. Sixty three percent think we'll finish fifth to seventh, nineteen percent think eighth to twelfth, and two percent thirteenth or lower. Uh, top scorer, 56% think Sonny, 29% think Richie, 2% think Madders, 14% think someone else. Uh, player of the season, 18% Sun, 55% Benton Kerr, 54% Madison, and 23% someone else. And I think there's something else's were quite good, actually. So uh, Udogi, um, Basuma, Basuma were the other kind of suggestions there. And finally... Which of the new signings do they think will have the best uh, best season? Who do you think are the new signings will have the best season? Madison. Madison. So we've got there. 89% of our, uh, of our Twitter followers agree. You have to say, it's unfair on Udogi because Udogi's coming into this league from yeah. nowhere and he looks like he's going to be yeah. smashing too. What a, what, a, what a lovely position to be in. New signings I, jostling yeah. to be the best because they're going to have smashing season. Yeah. I think Madison will take it as well because regardless of play, I think the people will look at, and you know, as I would as well, the goals and assists record as well. And I think that'll, that'll sort of swing it in his favour over anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we are. We're the, the first part of the new season and the new era and the first part of in with the new, I suppose we'd say, right? I mean, that's kind of what we have to say. And, and mm. uh, it's fun. It's fun. And I would encourage anyone who is on the fence of getting in and, and, and enjoying Tottenham Hotspur Football Club right now. You know, some people, for whatever reason, are hesitant to do that. Just move forward. We need you. Move forward. Enjoy the football club. Okay. They're your club. They're our club. Let's have fun with them. Uh, thanks very much, chaps. Cheers, Steph. Good one, that. Yeah, Cheers, it was Steph. good. Uh, and uh, look, thanks for joining us, folks. Um, you know, we're going to be back next week. Uh, we're talking about our game against Manchester United. You will be with us. We look forward to it. Thank you. See you next week.